All right, thank you so much for tuning in to Forward Thinking Founders. This is the podcast where we highlight undiscovered talent. We're scanning Y Combinator, Pioneer, Product Hunt, Twitter, Indie Hackers, all these different networks to find really interesting founders and interesting projects and startups, and we feature them on the podcast before you've probably heard of any of them. And what's great about this is you get to follow along on their journey as they become more and more successful and say, I knew them when. So thank you so much for tuning in to Forward Thinking Founders, and let's get into our next founder you haven't heard of, but you will. All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we're talking to founders about their companies, their visions of the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Rob Asher, who is a co-founder of Giraffe. Rob, welcome to the show. How's it going? Oh, I'm going good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I, uh, when, I, when I saw this, I'm like, this is something that I have to learn more about you know, and talk to someone involved. So I appreciate you being open to coming on. For people that don't know what Giraffe is, can you kind of start with you know, what you're working on and what Giraffe is? Yeah, sure. So, so Giraffe is... Um, I like to call it SimCity for real. It's designed, or think about it as SimCity for real. It's designed for architects and urban planners and developers to design cities uh, in a whole new way, where we're all, the, the current way that sort of that work happens is an army of consultants, engineers, architects, you know, all passing PDFs around. And we have this vision of this interactive automated process where designing a city is as easy as playing uh, SimCity. You know, uh, and so it's a, a startup that facilitates city making. Is the short answer? That's awesome. I want to dive. I'm actually a little curious about how it's currently done, but like before giraffe, um, just because I, I I have no idea how that world works. So if someone, let's say I wanted to start a city, I bought you know, I don't know, I don't know how many acres a solid size city is, but I, I bought like a million acres, you know, in Arizona or whatever, hundred thousand. Yeah, acres. okay, all right, nice. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. How would I go about, you know, doing the job that Giraffe does now without Giraffe? Is it like, like you said, is it just consultants? Is it like blueprints? Like, like, is it, can you just paint that picture for me a little bit more and then we can dive into what you can do with Giraffe? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is like this, this is classic because when we're speaking to investors or people that are outside of the city making industry, it's, it's actually very little understood. So people don't really know. So I've, or assumed people did, but that's just because I've been blinded by how long I've been in the industry. So let me tell you sort of how it works. Say you've bought a million acres, right? Obviously, you've got some money. Now, that's a serious amount of land. Uh, and so the, the first thing you're going to need to do is start approaching consultants that are going to answer questions for you. So um, is this like an earthquake area? Like, is your city on a fault line? You're going to need to get some geologists. Is, uh, is it in a flood zone? What's the weather like? Is it hot? Is it cold? Um, we're going to have to get some transport planners to figure out an efficient road network. You're going to have to get some demographers and city planners to sort of start sectioning bits of, of your new city to be parks, schools, hospitals. They're going to have to be doing a lot of calculations about, uh, you know, how many hospitals are going to be needed on a, on a million acres, what population you're thinking about, what kind of population. Is this like a retirement city? Every, everyone's over 50 or is everyone super young? Where are they going to work? Um, how are they going to get to and from their, their jobs and their houses? Is it going to be trains? Is it going to be freeways? Is it going to be light rail? 
Um, and then you get even more detailed. So like once you've started actually answering those questions, you'll, you'll, you'll ring up some engineers and they'll start talking about structure of the bridges and dams and stormwater drains and culverts. Like if you imagine of all, all, the, all the things that you drive past in, your, in a city, all of those things are designed and they have a reason. And generally like you need a master's degree even, you know, to, to, to get accredited to do that design. Uh, and the way it would be done is a lot of emails, a lot of phone calls, a lot of, you know, marks up, markups on PDFs, butter paper, so trace paper, um, you know, uh, workshops around the table, um, some digital models, but very fragmented. Um, but yeah, it's a huge chunk of, uh, <laughs> of different material and collateral would be produced. Um, some of which would be the, the marketing collateral. You know, you'd obviously have some beautiful renders of your city which you would put in real estate ads and I guess around the country and get people to move over. But a, but a huge process and would cost you millions and millions of dollars and, and take months, if not years, to, to do all that design work and thinking. And for everything you just mentioned, is that ultimately you take all of that and you put it into a software that lets you do it in wall-in-one, is that ultimately what Giraffe is? Or can you dive a little deeper into what Giraffe enables? And then... I'm yeah. curious about the different people who use it, but let's start with like what giraffe you, what you're able to do on it. So, so yeah. So I mean like, okay, technically giraffe is just a really nice set of APIs that allow all of the people that you need to speak to, uh, you know, to get your city designed, to integrate um, processes into one shared online SAS interactive model, you know? So in giraffe, you could be like, well, let's put a freeway here and you could draw the freeway and instantly all the stormwater modeling could update because we're connecting via API to the stormwater model and instantly the evacuation model could update or the, the route planner for the, you know, the bus network you're planning could update. And so what we're doing is transforming this analog communication process, which, you know, the current process is client's brain asks a question and says, hey, design me a city. Um, sends probably a screenshot from Google Maps, which then goes into the consultant's brain. They look at it and they think, 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 think. They maybe do some Excel modeling. Then they make a PDF and give it back to the client. We're just connecting the computers together. So rather than the client, you know, screenshotting something and giving it to the consultant, they just plug directly into the consultant's um, Excel model, for example, and it runs uh, direct. So it's, it's cool. Like, you know, it it's, makes things a lot simpler. Um, yeah, I think the analogy, the analogy is maybe stock trading. Like there used to be a time when you, if you wanted to buy a share on like the NYSE, you would like give someone a call and then he would like grab this piece of paper and run and scream in that big ball pit, you know, in that bullpen or whatever they call it. And he'd like be yelling your order and then it would get filled. And then he'd run back to the phone and call you up and say, look, it's done. You now own, you know, 20 shares of IBM or whatever. And now, you know, you can, borrow money from a, a margin account from JP Morgan Chase, buy some shares in, you know, in, in London uh, and have the shares delivered to your account, which is in, you know, Robin Hood or, or whatever, you know, bank yours is without, because all the systems integrate, you know, so now there's no people running around screaming with little pieces of paper, but city design, they're still running around with pieces of paper. Does that make yeah. sense? Oh, it makes total sense. That's a great analogy. <laughs> It's funny you mentioned that just because I was literally trading on, I don't trade on Robinhood too often, but this morning I was doing some, so it's, it's timely that you say that. Um, so tell me like who are the people that 
use giraffe? And this is a question less about giraffe and more about city formation. Like, like yeah. is, um, or actually let's back up a little bit. I'm kind of curious, like, can you talk to me on a very high level on like what steps go in place to create a city? Like if I have that million acres, you know, does, mm. does it even, does it start with a land, like a big landlord or kind of how does it start? Let's just learn a little more about how something goes from zero to one in regards to a city. Okay. I mean, look, so there's, obviously there's a lot of ways things go from, from zero to cities and, and generally like in the modern era, um, there's a piece of, uh, transformational infrastructure um, that happens. So, so generally, there's not new cities being founded. Like Brasilia, the capital of Brazil, is like a brand new city. Canberra, the capital of Australia, was also a brand new city. But generally, um, the way it works now is like, you know, a government, uh, you know, say the New York government will be building a fast rail. Well, so in Australia, I can talk about this. So there's two cities in Australia and they want to connect them with this fast rail. And what they can do is if they put a train stop in, in the middle, there's suddenly, you know, a train stop where people can hop in and on and off and get into the CBDs of these other two cities that already exist really quickly, right? So suddenly that land has more value because it's connected. Um, so generally the way it works is the government buys the land, builds the station, and then sells the land back to the developers, kind of says, you know, we've built this value now. Um, you know, this land is worth valuable. You can put, uh, and they change the laws. They say, this used to be farmland. You weren't allowed to build like apartments and, and flats and, and, you know, but now you can. So now the laws change. Like we want you to go and build residential units. And then the market, like the private market, like steps into it. So, you know, there's people who are uh, in, looking to invest money in real estate. They go give it to developers. The developers go and buy the land um, that the government's just released around this new train station. Um, the, they sort of start doing plans for the land. They're generally inter interacting with the government. So, you know, like I want to build, a, say, 200 apartments. I'm going to need a primary school. So then I speak to the government and say, how do I get the primary school happening? Like, what do, I, do I need to pay a bit? Do you need to pay a bit? Like, how do we do this? Um, so there's this big negotiation. And then um, they start selling the land you know, the apartments, they start achieving sales, people start moving to the area and, and sort of it goes, it goes like that generally. So there's kind of this, the way it begins is the seed investment from government. Um, and you can see that, you know, like, like Manhattan was a trading outpost for, I forget the name of the company, but they were trading raccoon skins or whatever they were trading. And then, you know, that turned into this, so there was a reason for people to be there and then gradually it grew. Um, and grew. So there's the seed investment was in that case, I'm not sure if it was the, the British government or whether it was a private company, but you know, someone makes the first move and then the city kind of grows around it. It's kind of similar to what happened in Northern California, you know, with the semiconductor companies starting there in the fifties or sixties and, you know, the success that came of those. And then it's just been, you know, um, kind of building on itself to create, you know, the Bay Area and, you know, Silicon Valley. Um, that's so interesting that you, that, that, you, that like the way that you explain how the government's involved, and this is probably super basic to you, but I know that like, I'm a pretty plugged in person, but like this is still totally, totally blows my mind um, about to learn how it works. I'm curious, do you, do you have any like opinion or thoughts or relation to these things called like, um, 
quote unquote like smart cities or like charter cities those are not necessarily the same thing but like these new form of cities like where it's maybe only walkable space or um or something like a charter city do you follow anything like that or is this more um traditional cities or or is it both um no look i'm super interested in that i I think what's interesting with those uh, we don't have any formal relationship with at the moment but i would love to be introduced that's one of the asks i have later right but What's super interesting about those is, um, and this is the opportunity we're finding, right? This, this is the opportunity we see is like, if, you, if you're gonna do something new, like build a new city, you have like this unprecedented, unprecedented opportunity to do something amazing. Like if you set up the public transport right, then people don't need to own cars. And if they don't need to own cars, like if you can actually do that, then they don't need to have garages. And if they don't have garages, that is like $50,000 off every house, plus the cost of a, a car, which say is 15 grand a year. So you can suddenly save the residents of your city like tens of thousands of dollars. Um, and an equal, you know, same with stuff like if you design the buildings right, like in a, in a smart way, so they're sort of adapted to the climate, you can drop the power consumption by, you know, 10, 20%, which means everything's cheaper. Um, and if you allow for like solar farms or allow, you know, you know, there's just so many smart things you can do in a new city, which you can't do in an old city because an old city, you know, has all, all the stuff already baked in. Um, uh, so with a new city, like, what we're trying to say is like really get this stuff right and you will bake in prosperity for like a generation, multiple generations. And you'll have this really nice system that saves all the citizens money, uh, which means the economy will function so much better. Um, And so charter cities are really interesting in that respect because they're generally like trying to do something smart. Like they're saying like, you know, like let's do this thing like walkability or like, you know, that's the reason for, that's our charter. That's the reason for our existence. Um, but then in a more, like in more traditional cities, what we try to do is, is do the smart stuff, uh, you know, in, in the existing framework, which makes it much harder to do because there's a lot more obstacles, but also uh, because there's already people there, you can also generate a lot more benefit very quickly. You don't need to wait for, for this thing to take off. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, it, it, it's very it's interesting how the thought that goes into cities and how what excites you is about like the future of cities, not you know, in like what what kind of the creation from the get for cities. I'm curious, what's like a city or a couple cities? You can mention however many you want, but what are some cities that you admire that you think are getting it right, or you think that are that are in development that will get it right? Um, right. You know, it could be anywhere in the world. Yeah, so, so I mean, I think New York uh, is a city that is amazing, right? Um, it's just been this engine of prosperity for so long. And it's amazing how effectively it works. Like, if I say to you, meet me on the corner of 77th and 5th, we can meet there, right? We, I, you know, we will just find ourselves there because the city is so logical and it's this grid, um, which means, you know, a grids are really good. Like, if one road gets blocked you can just go around the side because there's always another way. You know, you turn right, left, right, and you're back on track. Like you've got around the block, you're not lost. You don't even get a map. Um, and then their public transport system and the way they've designed uh, the, the zoning code to allow light into to the streets. This guy, I think it was um, 
I forget the, the, the planner's name. I want to say Robert Moses, but I think that's wrong. But there was this really particular thought about how they shape the buildings to ensure light gets to the streets, which is why there's that classic New York, like step back pyramid type building. Um, so I see New York and I think, man, that is just such a smart city. And when they laid it out with Central Park, which just provides so much value to, to, to the people around it uh, on Manhattan, I think that is such, there were some really smart decisions made back in whenever it was. And the citizens of New York are still like reaping those benefits. Um, and, and I think part of the reason New York generates so much wealth is, is because of that. So that's, like, that's, that's, you know, the classic uh, design city. And I mean, and then of course, for me, the other really successful cities are, are the old European ones like Paris, London, Rome, and they've got a very particular, they're very old. Um, and they've got this very particular design feature, which is basically every building is about six stories high, you know, at the highest which means you never need an elevator. If the power goes out, you just walk up the stairs, uh, which means they can survive plague, pandemic. Um, and they also are a really comfortable city to be in. And the evidence for that is there's just millions and millions and millions of tourists that pay money just to go and look at Paris because of the way it looks and feels. Uh, same with London and, and Rome. Um, part of that's their history, but, but that history is actually baked into the way that they do those cities. Um, yeah, so I think those are the those are the, the cities I, I admire the most, and, and to be honest, a lot of them are um, are historical. And I think the way we're doing cities at the moment is a problem. So that's part of the motivation for giraffe is like, how do we do this stuff better? Um, uh, I think we're, we're sort of building very energy hungry cities that are not resilient to climate change, that you know that encourage obesity because they don't encourage walkability, uh, use a lot of power. Uh, impose a lot of costs on people um, that, that, that are unnecessary. And I think there's huge opportunity to, to do it better. Well, that's a really great segue into my second to last question, which is, you know, you just talked about some of the problems with current cities. Um, you know, I'd love to hear about your vision for giraffe, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, maybe depending on how long, how far out you're thinking like a hundred years, you know, whatever, what, yeah. what impact do you want giraffe to have had? What do you want giraffe to look like? You know, I guess what's the big vision um, if you had to dream as big as you can? So the vision for us is every time anyone makes a decision about a city, so whether they're going to buy or sell some land or make a new building or plan a new train or like buy a million acres and do a whole city, that as they start planning and they start dreaming and imagining what the city's going to look like, giraffe just feeds them actual data about the implications of their decision and it feeds them that data without them trying they don't need to call anyone they don't need to schedule meetings they don't need to sign contracts they're just drawing and the information arrives uh, in front of them and and the reason we want that is because then they'll make better decisions you know so if they understand the weather system so if we've got a computer model somewhere you know maybe it's like the the National Weather Agency has this hurricane model, for example, that you know, you're drawing your city and they can model it and say, look, this is really not going to function well in the event of a flood. So change your mind now when it's still cheap, like don't do what you're doing. And then the, the person changes the city and makes it more resilient, more beautiful, more functional um, without having to think about it. So that data is just there. That would be our vision. That's our dream, right? 
and we're building like our whole value prop is like we connect you to data without you trying and that's all we care about we don't do the data we don't do the modeling we connect you to people that are really good at each each bit of modeling each type of thinking so the vision is that every time anyone makes a, a decision about a city giraffe is there to, to empower them to make a really great decision which means the cities are better they function more efficiently you know when that hurricane finally rolls over all the right all the right things have been put in place to mean that that's not a catastrophe it's you know it's an inconvenience and there's no loss of life and and the buildings don't need to be demolished or you know that, that it's, it's being considered does that make sense yeah it makes total sense and i think that that's an awesome vision and in order to make that vision come to life you'll need some help you know you'll need help from teammates from employees from potentially investors but also you got all these listeners that are here to help as well which then leads me to my last question of the podcast my question is what is something that the forward thinking founders community can do to help you push your vision forward i guess how, how can we help how can we serve Oh, that's like, that's such a great question. Uh, thank you. And like, I mean, it's really, really amazing. Uh, I, I did say I had some asks. I knew there's, there's listeners out here, uh, out there that could totally help us. And cause we're a, we're a, uh, we're a marketplace like giraffe. Um, we don't build, we don't do the modeling ourselves. We're trying to connect really smart players in the space, uh, and make it very easy to, to transact and communicate. Um, so I guess, we're very comfortable that our software is, you know, mature. It's in the market. It's doing well. Um, we're in the position where we want to speak to anyone who would like to use the software. So potential customers um, who's designing cities or has got a startup that's thinking about charter cities or new models of, of, of development, home ownership. I know there's a whole bunch of really interesting thinking there. And then the other people we'd really like to speak to is anyone who's got some smarts about how cities could work, whether it's a routing algorithm or a weather algorithm or a low carbon algorithm. Um, and whether you be a business or a researcher, um, you know, or just, or, or if you've got a startup, um, please reach out to us and, and cause we'd love to, you know, integrate your work with the platform and provide it to our customers. Um, that would be fantastic. So those two asks I think are the, the big thing for us is, is just sort of help us find our people, uh, because, you know, we're doing something really fun. And, and I think uh, we, we, our goal is, is to build a, a network of cities, a network of city builders, because no decision, no one organization is, is big enough to make these decisions them, themselves. You know, you need to collaborate. Yeah, I, I love that. And I definitely actually have two pretty solid people that I think you might, that would be interested in chatting out, of, you know, um, that are in this space. So I'll, I'll send those to you offline. And other than that, wow, you know, awesome. thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I learned a lot. I didn't know much about this before. I know a lot more now. And I just wish you the best of luck moving forward with Giraffe. Thanks. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Really yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, for coming on. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into that episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. And luckily, there's another one coming up real soon. But before then, I have a couple things to tell you. First, if you're listening to this and you think you're working on something cool or you think you're smart, hit me up on Twitter. I am at Matt underscore Sherman, and that is Matt with one T. So hit me up, shoot me a DM, 
and I'm happy to check out what you're working on and maybe we can get you on the pod. But at the very least, I'm happy to give you feedback on your product or project or startup. Lastly, if you can please rate this podcast in the iTunes store, that would be awesome. I'm trying to get up in the rankings so more people can discover these awesome founders. And the only way to do that, or one of the ways to do that, is growing with rankings. So if you like what you're listening to, please just go onto the iTunes store, give it five stars or four, you know, or three. I'm not going to tell you what to give, but just tell whatever I deserve, you should rate that. With that, I'm signing off. See you next time. Bye.